Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna, and I'm happy to have you here. So as we wrap up the unofficial end to the summer of 2020, and what a crazy summer it's been to go along with an even crazier year, I thank all of you guys for tuning in and spreading the good word. We're just over a year here with the Kaderna podcast, and the show's doing great, our listener base is growing, and that's a credit to all of you that are sharing the good word. So what we're going to talk about today is taxes and retirement. This is part three of our retirement planning series. If you haven't listened to the first couple of episodes, I'd encourage you to go back and tune into those as well so that you can get a full understanding of retirement as it is today and what you need to know about in the future. But before we go there, I just want to share a quick infomercial and ask that everybody out there that listens not only keep spreading the good word, but please do leave us a review that helps us get noticed even more. Again, it could be on any podcast site. That's where we're available. And also check us out on YouTube. That's where we're starting to incorporate a lot of different infographics and visuals that can give you a richer experience. So if you listen in the car on Apple Podcasts and you didn't catch a couple things or you want to refresh your memory, go check us out on YouTube back when you're home or at the office. And uh, I think that'll really leave an imprint uh, on your memory. Also, check us out on Facebook or LinkedIn at the Kaderna Podcast. We have pages on both of those sites where you can stay up to date on new information, upcoming guests, uh, and all the things you need to know. And lastly, if you have a question or even a suggestion, reach out to us at thekadernapodcast at gmail.com. All right, that's where we've gotten a lot of ideas for future episodes, and almost all of our guests that we've had on the show uh, reached out or their PR people reached out through thekadernapodcast at gmail.com. So hit us up there, and uh, we'll definitely you know, give it a look and incorporate whatever thoughts you have into our program. The Kaderna Podcast. The Kaderna Podcast. Without further ado, we're going to talk now about taxes and retirement. So if you remember from any prior episodes, I often say look at an investment or any financial decision as like a stool with three legs. One leg of that stool is going to be the uh, risk involved with it. You know, are we diversified, high risk, high reward? What's the rate of return we're going for? Those are a lot of the things I think we get infatuated with in the media or on some of our journals that we look at as far as stock picking and whatnot. It's important, but that's just one leg. The next leg of the stool is going to be liquidity, okay, which is the control or the access to that money when we need it. All right, How liquid is that asset class? So in respect to retirement, most of the accounts that we think of are going to be age 59 and a half sensitive. All right, and you might have learned about that from you know, your benefits orientation at a new job, or if you had that rude awakening where you said, hey, I need some money, and I got all this money in a retirement account, let's hit that. And unfortunately, you end up getting subject to perhaps taxes or that 10% premature distribution penalty. So keep that all in mind. We've talked about it in the past, and we will in the future, but that's not the emphasis today. The third leg of that stool is the tax consequence. And that is what we're going to spend some time on. Taxes can be one of, if not the greatest wealth eroding factor that there is. So when we talk about retirement, where we put so much of our earnings, our savings, our investments 
in these retirement buckets, it's critical we understand what the consequence is going to be. I often get the question, and I know some of you listeners are actually going to probably laugh at this, but it's a question I get a lot as a CFP, and that is, what has a better rate of return, an IRA or a 401k or my brokerage account? And I'll let you mull over that for a moment. So we have to think about, guys, in finance, there are underlying investments, and then there are the type of accounts that hold those investments. So it would be an unfair judgment to say one has a better return over the other because the 401k, the IRA, the 403b, the tax-deferred annuity, all these acronyms, just think of them as holding tanks, okay? They're just a type of account. And what we put into that account, the ingredients, the investments that go in there will have their respective rates of return. So it's not that one account is bad or good, better return, worse return. It's the actual investments inside of them that are going to create that rate of return. But we have to think about liquidity and taxes, okay? In respect to taxes, what good is an amazing rate of return if unfortunately later on we end up losing half of those proceeds perhaps to Uncle Sam, all right? Then it's not such a great return anymore. So we need to think about the tax consequence and what that's going to do for us in the future. So along those lines, wouldn't you love to have, you know, maybe a glimpse into the future of what's going to happen or not going to happen? In regards to taxes, you can have a little bit of control over that, all right? We can see what's possible, what's not possible, and then start to create some tax mitigation. And then eventually, if done correctly, allow ourselves some tax arbitrage in retirement which is pulling and picking from different accounts, you know, to create the most tax efficient outcome. But again, that comes with forward thinking and planning that we want to have occur, you know, years and decades in advance. Uh, if you haven't done that and you're saying, well, I just retired, don't worry, because there are still things you can even do while you're in retirement. But just to frame the landscape, everyone, what I want to do is explain the three major taxes uh, that we're all subject to here in the great United States of America. And then we'll talk about the particular accounts and how they get, you know, subject to these taxes. Okay. So this is going to be information, but it's information that's very, very practical. So the first one up is something we're all familiar with, and that is going to be income taxes, perhaps the harshest tax that we all face. So the federal income tax actually came about in 1913. It was meant to be a temporary tax, but here we are in 2020, and it's still with us today. So as of the airing of this episode, all right, which is in the summer of 2020, there are currently seven tax brackets uh, that we're all getting used to. They start at 10%, and then they peak all the way at 37% for our highest earners. Uh, and it's worth noting before I, I start to share some visuals with you, that we have what's called a progressive tax system in America. What that means is that the more money that you're making, the more and the higher level of taxes that you will be paying. Okay, that's a progressive taxism, tax system, as opposed to a flat tax, uh, which many politicians have brought up in the past, which would say, okay, everybody's subject to the same level of taxes, irregardless of income. All right, so first thing, we have a progressive taxism tax system. I can't, I struggle with that one. And then secondly, we have what's called a marginal tax system. Okay. What that means, what a marginal tax system means 
is that let's say that I earn a whole boatload of money uh, and I'm in the highest tax bracket, all right, the 37% tax bracket. Let's say that I'm single and I make $518,402 this year, okay? So if I make that money, that throws me in the 37% tax bracket. But all of my earnings, that 518000 is not subject to a 37% tax rate, okay? Only $1 of my earnings will get hit at 37%. Everything below 518000 is going to get hit at a lower tax rate, okay? Which ends up creating a lower effective tax rate. That's something a lot of people get confused with and I think should come as a welcome surprise when maybe you do your taxes in April and you say, oh man, taxes have gone up, I'm at 35%, but then you look at the actual tax that you paid on all of your income and it's nowhere near that, maybe it's 20, 25%, uh, the effective tax. So you wanna distinguish the two and I think there's a lot of fear of, what if I get bounced into a higher tax bracket? Well, just keep in mind the impact could be very marginal, all right, no pun intended, on just the amount that exceeds that next bracket, okay? So what I'll share with you now, if you look at the screen here, uh, if you're watching again on YouTube, Facebook, anywhere that you have access to the visuals, is a chart of the history of America's federal income tax. And the first thing that you can probably gather from this is that it changes and it's gone all over the map. Again, in 1913, when it came about as this temporary tax, in air quotes there, uh, it was the highest marginal tax uh, rate was 7%, okay? And very, very few people actually paid that tax, okay? To, to pay 7%, you had to be making over $500,000 a year, all right? That's in 1913. In today's dollars, that would be making over $11 million a year to get hit at that 7% rate. And then again, if we look here at our infographic, you'll see that the tax rates went up dramatically uh, after the Great Depression and World War II, and they hit an all-time high in 1944. Uh, you'll see that the highest tax rate at that time was 94%. All right, so for the highest earners in America, they could have watched a lot of their money, you know, almost 94% of it, go to Uncle Sam based on what they earned in 1944. It's crazy. And then over time, it started to go kind of up and down and then eventually more down than up as we get to today, 2020, in which we have seven tax brackets within our system that range from 10% all the way up to 37%, okay, for those highest earners. So that's the federal income tax, all right? I think that chart speaks, you know, volumes. In addition to that, there may be a state income tax Currently, there are 43 states that levy a state income tax in addition to your federal income tax. Beyond that, there can even be a local tax. Okay, that would be like a city tax, perhaps if you live in New York City. Uh, so now you could be getting hit on the federal side, the state side, and the city side. And that's where you can see these taxes add up very quickly, even though we're in a historically low tax environment. So just to provide a little trivia, the highest uh, state income tax right now is in California, which can peak at 13.3%. Okay, so not a very tax-friendly state. And you can move right next door to neighboring Nevada, where there is no state income tax. Okay, in my home state here of New Jersey, 
uh, we're not doing too good ourselves. We have uh, the highest uh, marginal tax rate in New Jersey is 10.75%, which is why I know so many of my clients become snowbirds and move down to Florida where there is no state income tax. All right, so think about the effect that that could have on your retirement income when we can completely eliminate a tax just based on you know where we might be living or claiming our residence. So that's a little bit about income tax. As you guys can see, it's just all over the map. The next thing uh, that's as far as taxes are concerned that people may be acquainted with is the capital gains tax. Okay. So just to define a capital gain occurs when a capital asset is sold or exchanged at a higher price than its basis. Okay. What we bought it for. All right. There are short term capital gains, which means we bought an asset, say a stock, and then we sold that stock within one year's time. In that case, we do have a capital gain, but it is a short term capital gain. And that means that it will just be added to our income and taxes, ordinary income. But then there's a preferential treatment that's called a long term capital gain, which means we held the asset for over one year. And if that's the case, it will not be taxed as income and it usually gets a more favorable uh, tax consequence. Today, there's uh, three capital gains taxes. There's 0%, okay, for some folks who, you know, don't make a ton of money, but they have investments that get a capital gain, they might not pay any taxes at all on that. Then there's a 15% capital gains tax, which is what the majority of Americans today face. And then there's a 20% capital gains tax, uh, which is for our highest earners. Again, if you're filing single, that would be a uh, adjusted gross income over $441,000. Uh, then when you make trades in your portfolio, you could get subject to a 20% capital gains tax. Okay. Uh, investors could also be subject to what's called a net investment income tax or the NIIT. Uh, that's a 3.8% tax uh, that's been incorporated since the passage of Obamacare. All right. So similar to uh, you know, our, our income taxes, as you can see here on our chart, capital gains taxes are also a moving target. They've gone kind of all over the map here, uh, but historically they've always received preferential treatment uh, with a much lower tax rate than income tax. Uh, except for in recent memory, you could see 1988 to 1990, the capital gains tax was actually the same as the highest uh, marginal income tax. And then the next one that we'll touch on will be interest in dividends, okay, especially for our passive investors. So most interest that you incur will just get added to your income. All right, so that would be taxes, ordinary income. And again, these guys are capital gains, interest and dividends that we accrue outside of tax deferred vehicles. Okay, so this doesn't apply to those IRAs or those retirement accounts. Uh, that we started out with. This would just be a general investment account or brokerage account that you have. So again, most of the interest there, taxes, ordinary income, your savings account, your checking account, your CDs, your money markets, all taxed as ordinary income. All right, municipal bonds it can avoid uh, the, the, the tax on that interest. Um, so that's something that some people look at in tax aware investing. Okay. As far as dividends, typically they will fall into two categories, what are called qualified dividends, which means that they've, they're assets that have been held for a certain period of time, and they're usually American-based companies. And if they declare a qualified dividend, 
the recipient then gets taxed on that as they would a capital gain. Um, so they definitely get a favorable outcome there. Then there are non-qualified dividends. So those are all dividends that don't fit those stipulations. Non-qualified dividends just get added to the income. All right. So again, they're taxed as ordinary income, uh, not quite as good. All right. So those are your three big taxes that you want to get familiar with. Income taxes, capital gains taxes, and then interest and dividend taxes. All right. So now let's talk about retiree income and what those would be subject to. So first off, we'll start with Social Security. Social Security today is the largest source of retiree income. The taxation of Social Security, like everything else here, has changed over time. Okay. As of today's airing in 2020, right now you could either be receiving your Social Security benefit tax-free. Okay. You might have 50% of your benefit taxed as ordinary income, or you might have 85% of your benefit taxed as ordinary income. That is all going to be determined by what your overall adjusted gross income is. Okay. So that's where people have different tax consequences on their social security benefits. So that's one thing to think of. The next are going to be pensions and annuities, uh, which still make up the second largest source of retiree income. All right. So these are your defined benefit pensions or annuity payouts, maybe from the government or from your union, uh, things of that nature where we're getting a set payment in retirement. Typically speaking, those will just be added to your ordinary income. All right. So that will just get lumped on taxes, ordinary income, uh, just like when you were working. All right. In some rare instances where you contributed post-tax money uh, to that annuity, some of that may come back to you tax-free as a return of principal. Um, again, that's why these things are on a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, and then also in regards to the state that you live in, again, some states have no state income tax. Others do, uh, but some of those that do give preferential treatment to uh, pensions and retirement benefits. Okay, so you could see right there that we might retire and still have quite a bit of taxable income just through Social Security and our pension. The next one is going to be your retirement plans. And what I mean by that, that's going to be your defined contribution plans. Anything that was pre-tax, all right, your traditional IRA, 401k, SEP IRA, etc. You need to remember all throughout the accumulation phase, throughout your career, you are getting a tax break on that. Okay, you are getting a deduction against your income. But like I so often tell clients, that is a not a tax savings. That is a tax postponement. And not only that, but it's a compounding tax postponement. And then eventually when we do retire and we pull the money out of that IRA or whatever that pre-tax account is, all right, remember it was deferred. We were kicking the can down the road, but now we've got to pick it up. And now every dollar that comes out is going to get taxed as ordinary income. Right, both the money we put in and all the growth on that. This is the one that really can be a rude awakening uh, for some folks that kind of threw the whole kitchen sink throughout their career into pre-tax buckets. And then when they retire uh, and they're still working a little bit, they're collecting a pension, they're now collecting their social security, they have some investment income, and they're saying, oh my gosh, every time I tap my IRA, I'm getting smacked on it by Uncle Sam. And that's because, again, that's taxes, ordinary income. On the opposite side of that, 
uh, we have what's called a Roth option, uh, which I know if you want more info, you can go back to one of our very early episodes, which was called the Roth option. And again, what that was is it kind of flipped it upside down and said, all right, money goes in post-tax, it grows tax-free. And then so long as we're over the age of 59 and a half and the account's been open over five years, we can actually access that money now tax-free, both what we put in and all the earnings and growth on that money. Okay. So you want to get familiar with these different types of accounts because again, taxes will be one of the greatest wealth eroding factors. And if we can leverage some of these post-tax accounts, uh, whether it be Roth options or simply taxable investments with some of our pre-tax accounts, which could be your traditional 401ks, IRAs, pensions, etc., then we can walk into retirement and decide what buckets we want to tap and when to give yourself a little bit more control over the outcome uh, tax, you know, in regards to taxes. Then there are, of, of course, al alternative asset classes we'll define them as. That could be, you know, real estate. Um, that could be cash value life insurance. Um, so some other assets that are a little bit beyond the scope of today's talk, but they do get preferential tax treatment uh, that could be utilized you know, throughout your career or even in retirement, uh, perhaps without generating any 1099s or uh, you know, income taxes. So not only do you want to learn, guys, about rates of return, but you want to learn about taxes. And you want to start planning for that so you can have a little foresight to what your retirement might actually look like. I just want to share a fun quote with you um, that Will Rogers, of all people, said. He said, the difference between death and taxes is death doesn't get worse every time Congress meets. All right. We could go in a whole economic conversation, which we probably will in the future, of what are taxes going to be down the road. All right. We have unprecedented national debt right now. We've got a lot of issues going on. We're living through a pandemic. So a lot of people think, well, over time, if we have to pay that back, taxes might go up. So think about that and how it affects your retirement. Or maybe you say, hey, we'll just keep cutting taxes, become more of a capitalist society, generate tons of business. And maybe you got to factor that alternative into your financial planning. So I hope this information was helpful. Again, please leave us a review for the episode wherever you listen to your podcast. Check it out on YouTube, subscribe there, uh, and then give us a look on Facebook and tell your friends about us. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna Podcast, and we'll see you next week. The Kaderna Podcast is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guardian and its subsidiaries do not provide tax, legal, social security, student loan, mortgage, or real estate advice. Listeners should contact their own tax, accounting, or legal advisors or the social security department in this matter. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PASS, 300 Broad Acres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Securities, products, services, and advisory services are offered through PASS, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Nine 
973-244-4420. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Passes an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Caderna Financial Team and International Planning Alliance, LLC, are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Pass or Guardian. Caderna Financial Team is a division of International Planning Alliance, LLC, a general agency of Guardian. Pass is a member of FINRA, SIPC. California insurance license number OK04194. Content of the Caderna podcast is copyright of Brian M. Caderna, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the content in any form is prohibited without prior permission from the Caderna podcast. The views and opinions expressed herein may not be those of Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. Guardian does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of, of the information or opinions presented herein. Any third-party materials referenced cannot be endorsed or verified by Guardian and are used as the opinion of the author. Guardian, its subsidiaries, or affiliates do not provide or issue or advise for mortgages. This material contains the current opinions of the author, but not necessarily those of Guardian or its subsidiaries, and such opinions are subject to change without notice.